Hi, my name is Paul Caroli, and I host a podcast called Changing Denver. It's a monthly show about our city's physical spaces, how we make them, and how they make us. But it's so much more than that. It's the conversations, ideas, and stories that define Denver's perpetual state of flux. Find more from our team at changingdenver.com and join the conversation on Twitter at Changing Denver. Denver's changing. We can help. The John of All Trades podcast is a part of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we, we speak. speak. You have all made it to the You have all made it, made it, Coming to you from the X-Access, it's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades podcast, episode 171, with your host, John X. Thank you for joining us, glad to have you back once again. On this week's show, we get into a local vibe, and it is enormous fun. Chad Hattersbeck is one of the co-frontmen of Goodnight Freeman, a spectacular local band I have recently had the pleasure of getting acquainted with. Now, Chad and I have intersected in our sort of day job lives, but we're both working side hustles. He's come up through the music business. He's uh, started, you know, just doing open mics, wanted to play some tunes, got together with his brother. They had a band called Dinosaur Vacation, which is something that still makes me laugh when I think about it. Decided that wasn't the best name for the type of vibe that they were trying to sling, and understandably so. And are now Goodnight Freeman. We get into the origin story of the name. I love hearing origin stories of band names because it's always fascinating. And we talk about the work that goes into being a local band. If you want to play music in front of people, you can't just show up with your instruments and be like, hey, here we are, we're ready to play. No, you've got to get together with club owners. You've got to get together with bookers, promoters, people like that. You've got to figure out how to record some music. And so as is the central theme of this show, I'm interested in the nuts and bolts of how people do the things that they love to do, and Chad provides tremendous insight into that. Additionally, we also talk music, the bands he's into, the bands he likes to play with, and where he likes to play music. It's all in here. And one thing that he does not mention, because we recorded this a little while ago, but it's something that came up between the time we recorded it and the time it's going live when you hear it now, is that they have a gig coming up on April 11th. That is the day that this show debuts, so it's a Wednesday, at the Larimer Lounge, they are opening for Sure Sure, touring out of L.A. on their first headlining tour after supporting Hippocampus. That's a good gig. So, do yourself right, hi thee to the Larimer Lounge, and check out Goodnight Freeman supporting Sure Sure. Should be a great show. Additionally, you can find links to all Goodnight Freeman material on the John of All Trades blog. That's J-O-N of all trades dot U-S. We're also on the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram, all under the same handle, J-O-A-T-Pod. Chad and I are sort of kindred spirits in this regard. He's working to help build a local band. I'm building this local podcast, and we can't do it without you. So support local music, support local art. I say that a lot when it comes to the people that I interview, because we're all really just building it a piece at a time. I'm proud to feature Goodnight Freeman. I'm proud to feature Chad Hattersbeck on this week's episode of the show. You can download it from the homepage. I already gave you that plug, J-O-N of all trades.us. Also available on iTunes and Stitcher. Just search John of all trades. As long as you're there, everything will come directly to your listening device. 
And you don't even have to do anything if you hit that subscribe button. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Those things help with visibility. How? I'm not really sure. But plug it into the magic internet machine and, uh, you know, maybe good things will happen. So enough preamble. Let's get to this week's show. Episode 171 features Chad Hattersbeck. He is one of the co-leads of the band Goodnight Freeman. And his episode starts right now. Oh, I got a new vocal effects pedal. It's crazy. Yeah? What does it do? Oh, uh, way more than I'll ever use it for. It's got like 250 some odd presets. <laughs> um, yeah, I just got tired of talking to sound guys and, you know, hey, could you put some reverb on? And then yeah. I look, go back the next day and look at the video and it's like, oh, that was a really, that's just dry. That's totally dry, you know? So took it out of their hands. It uh, has like about seven different effects that you can put on, and it's got like a hit button, okay. which is what I wanted. So, you know, you can get to certain points in a song, and it's like, oh, the chorus, like you hit a big note, you can uh, put some delay on or something <laughs> like that. You can just like hit it, and it'll. Uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw a uh, stand up comic use that one time, like Kyle Dunnigan. He used a loop pedal, and yeah. his joke ended up being like this. Uh, it was like this whole sound effect thing. It was almost like he was rapping. It was really strange. But uh, do you have an effect that makes you sound like Tom Waits? You know, it probably is in there. I haven't gotten to the end of all the presets. Get to the Tom Waits effect <laughs> because that'll be good. Or just start uh, – take up smoking, right? Yeah, yeah, there you go. I mean, you're, you're a musician, right? You no, know, I'm, I'm a reformed. You know, that's, that's a little dangerous. Mm. i got to stay away from that stuff. Yeah, no, I, uh, I know that. And I remember I saw John Stewart interviewed one time and he said – so it was like a word association interview and they said smoking and he goes, he referred to it as a, uh, an old friend that I dearly miss. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty accurate. I suppose. I, I, and I suppose if you've smoked at any point in your life, uh, you probably relate to that on some level or another. Yeah. 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 But absolutely. Anyway, can't say I miss it too much. Though. Well, no, I, I mean, I you don't miss waking up in the morning and just feeling horrible. And once you sort of eliminate that from your life, you go, wow, did I feel like that all the time? I must have. Well, that's bizarre. Yeah, you don't really – you set your normal, you set your level, and then you go, oh, you don't address it that often <laughs> until you find the new good level, and you're like, oh. Yeah. It's like when I moved from Michigan to Texas. I moved in June, and it was right at the beginning of – they set a record for number of days over 100 degrees. Okay. <clears> what year like, was this? Uh 2006, okay. I think. So it was like 100 days over 100, 100 over 100. And uh, I remember one day, finally, it, uh, it rained. And in Texas, like, sometimes it'll rain just, like, really violently because yeah. it doesn't, you know, it's not a really wet atmosphere in North Texas. So and I remember just pausing and being so shocked, like, looking around. I was like, ah, oh, I forgot that it could, like, rain. I just was <laughs> expecting every day to be sunny and gorgeous out. Yeah. But then it made me realize, I went, oh... It's so cloudy in Michigan. I never realized it. it. Like, I still remember that to this day, you know, more than 10 years later, realizing, oh, shit, it's really cloudy in Michigan, <laughs> the place that I grew up for, you know, 25, 26 yeah. years, however long it was. I but, remember moving to Texas because I lived there for one year <clears throat> in, like, 1998. And, oh, where about? Uh, Houston, okay. just north of Houston. It was an interesting year. It was, like, my junior year of high school. But... uh I remember the first time it rained, I saw something that I'd left like outside that I wanted to go get and I tried to jump out and the rain was coming with such fury and it was it, like it punished me. I had to jump back under the thing and I was already drenched. And the other thing that was nuts about it was the rain was hot. Yeah. Like, yeah. and I remember thinking like when it rains in Colorado, it's cold. 
Like the rain, no mm-hmm. matter what time of year it is, the rain is going to be cold. In Texas, that rain was hot, dude. It's raining bathwater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's assaulting me with your raining bathwater. <laughs> this is Chad Hattersbeck. He is the lead singer of Goodnight Freeman and also someone I have come into orbit with professionally. So uh, it's a pleasure to have you here, man. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Uh, really great to be here. It's uh, fun to see our you know other circles colliding outside of the professional atmosphere and not in a costanza way <laughs> worlds are not colliding you know you're killing independent george <laughs> if relationship george walks through that door he will kill independent george <laughs> movie george coffee shop george but uh no so i mean yeah this is this is john of all trades and this is goodnight freeman you know outside of us during our nine to five which is kind of fun so, i like it yeah um, tell me a little bit about the formation of Goodnight Freeman and tell me a little bit about your vibe. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So I can't take all of the credit for being uh, the front man for Goodnight Freeman. Uh, I actually front, co-front the band with my brother, Joe. Um, so uh, I'm about five and a half years older than Joe. Okay. So I moved off to college uh, at Michigan State. Never really moved back home. You know, yeah. Visit. So I left and he's, you know, 13 years old and we're brothers, but not really, you know, like friends like uh, you know, right. adults you're not be, like peers right? yeah exactly yeah. so um i never really came back i ended up moving down to you know moving up to detroit area for a while moving to texas eventually around the time the uh the economy um took a dump uh <laughs> joe was looking for a job and yeah. uh it was all i could do was this like 08 09 yeah yeah uh-huh. i've been in dallas for a couple of years already so joe was jobless pickings were slim yeah. and uh he was going to join the navy and oh my. I was, it was all I could do to talk him out of joining the Navy. Joe, come live with me. You can live in my living room. You know, we'll find you a job. He had lived, lived in my walk-in closet at one point during an internship. <laughs> so we knew we could make this happen. So I convinced him, just move down to Dallas. We'll find you a job. And at least you had a walk-in closet. <laughs> yeah. That's not nothing. The funny part is, is, uh, in Texas, the walk-in closets come off of the bathroom. Right. So the door was right next to, Right next to the crapper. <laughs> so it was an interesting summer uh, for Joe. Yeah, I guess but, so. Uh, so back to this. So he comes down to Dallas and, uh, you know, now we're adults and living in the same place. He's in my living room. And uh, <clears throat> I had brought guitar home from college and Joe picked up guitar and played in bands and stuff during high school. And mm-hmm. I was just kind of... You know, I played covers. I learned a bunch of, you know, Dave right. Matthews or John Mayer at the time. And, Were you, you know. in band? Like in high no, school? No, this is actually my first band. Re- really? Like, yeah. so you didn't do like marching band or jazz oh, sorry. band or yeah, anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marching band in high school. Trumpet. Okay. What? Oh, trumpet. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My, my wife played uh, clarinet. Oh, okay. So I was a theater geek, so I never, I never played an instrument uh, or anything. I was in some plays. But, oh, good. Yeah, I was in theater. Who, uh, what plays? Uh, let me see here. Uh, the Pink Panther was one. Okay. Um, Alice in Wonderland. I was the Mad Hatter. Oh, nice. That's a quality the, role. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was in Outsiders. Uh, I played Bob, the uh, the one that Johnny Cake stabs at the end of <laughs> Act 1. So nice. got to have a big death scene. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I, you know, I played Did you the, overact it? Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, I played the asshole Soch, who, uh, yeah, gets shanked by Johnny, and that's why Johnny and Ponyboy have to go on the run, you know, and then Dallas finds him, and that school catches on fire and all that. But... Uh, yeah, we also did like Midsummer Night's Dream. Our director was on this big Shakespeare kick. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was He's too- pretty good, I hear. <laughs> He's good, but not for high school kids, man. <laughs> like, that's a lot of verbiage. Yeah. Um, and then we also did this horrible, horrible production of Diary of Anne Frank. Oh, oh, yeah. I played Mr. Crawler. I was, hi- I was hiding the, uh, the family in my attic. 
That's uh, that's kind of serious. A little bit more serious than than the Mad Hatter. Yeah, I met my best friend there though, and we just made fun of everyone <laughs> the whole time off stage. He was student director. It was pretty great. Yeah. But nice, uh, nice. okay, so your <laughs> I apologize for the diversion. That's okay. Joe moves down to Dallas. We start becoming adult friends, right? So we yeah. start playing music together, which is you know I was. You know, I learned enough to impress the ladies in college and, you know, played covers, did some writing and stuff like that, but certainly wasn't good at jamming with people. So we kind of had to figure that out. We found this open mic and, um, uh, Ladrell, shout out to Ladrell. Uh, <laughs> we were at a different open mic and he said, Hey, there's another one starting right after this. I already called ahead, put you guys on the list. You got to come with me. So he would sit in on drums and he should sit in on like a djembe. He had like a cymbal. Yeah. It was this really weird setup, but he was, Great. He'd sit in with open micers. So we go to this new open mic and it just really started inspiring us to, uh, to play music. Scotty Isaacs ran it. Um, and, uh, just so many great musicians in the deep Bellum area of Dallas. And, uh, Joe and I really figured out how bad we sucked, um, <laughs> and how bad we didn't want to suck. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we would really worked on our craft and, but it was such a good night. Everyone was so welcoming and they'd give you advice if you asked for it or just support or a shot or whatever. Yeah. Um, that place was called the Freeman Cajun Cafe and it was always a good night at the Freeman. So we became good night Freeman. Oh, that's a cool that's that's, name. That's a great origin story for a name <laughs> yeah you know we uh we had something a little bit more silly in nature to start off with uh just based off of a game like a categories game or something we thought right. the words were funny so we were dinosaur <laughs> vacation when we were a duo <laughs> um <laughs> but uh you know i think people were expecting like a jack black style you yeah. know tenacious d <laughs> yeah and you get the five-year-olds in the audience with that one yeah it's yeah it's so, like ooh, dinosaur vacation i'm in uh, so we changed it, and then once we started wanted bringing in more players, and decided yeah. to become a full band and not just a duet, we we're like, okay, we need a we need an adult name. That's <laughs> that's what it was. Well, it's funny. I interviewed this band called Zebrahead back when I was in college radio, and uh, I was asking them. I'm like, have you seen the movie with Michael Rappaport? You know, it's a it's a love story about a white dude and a black girl. And, uh, he's like, yeah, that's what our band is named after. I'm like, you're named after that piece of shit movie. He's like, yeah, I don't know why we kept it. <laughs> and I'm like, that's too weird, man. It's so hard to find a band name. It yeah. Took they're all taken, right? They're, yeah, well, they're all taken or yeah, it's, you, it, it's, you know, like getting a tattoo or something, which I have none. So, right. I don't I mean, either. It's commitment, you know, <laughs> we're going to be stuck with this for a while, you know, and it's hard to change it. It's a brand proposition. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, you touched on something that is near and dear to my heart, which is I was interviewed recently about my podcast and they said, what's the, what's the key to starting a podcast? And I'm like, well, first don't suck. <laughs> right. So like you're starting a band, you're starting anything. Try not to suck, like find at bats in a place where you can get some experience where you can, you know, beef up your chops and then get out there and you got to keep doing it. But if you want to be successful, don't suck. Yeah. Yeah. We did all our sucking under dinosaur vacations. So once we got the new name, we were ready to, to, to be more serious. (laughs) So it was a good brand. Sucking. (laughs) Uh, yeah. You're talking to club owners. All right. What do you guys bring to the table? Well, we don't suck. Yeah. Well, actually that is, uh, you know, not always accomplished by everyone. So no, (laughs) no. I mean, as someone who worked in college radio and has spent a lot of time in the music scene, I have seen my fair share of suck. Yeah. Well, you know what? I can't say that we always didn't suck. When it's starting out, it's tough, you know. Yeah. Uh, I had some very patient bandmates, you know, my first band. So, you know, I'm trying, figuring out how to, you know, be a lead singer and play guitar better and, uh, you know, just 
figure out booking, figure out the local scene. You know, yeah. uh, we didn't have a built-in hometown crowd either because. Uh, you sure. know, we're not, from, you know, Joe and I are both from Michigan, so it's, you know, we're not dragging our cousins and moms and aunts and uncles out to these shows. So, you know, we had to really put in the sweat equity of, you know, playing the Sundays, the, the Wednesday nights and yeah. trying to drag people out to those and being part of weird lineups. You know, we, we've been on bills with like gangster rappers or, <laughs> you know, like karaoke type acts. And then we come up there and set up a full band and, you know, just, yeah. You gotta, you gotta put in that work. And, uh, I can't say that we always didn't suck because there was, there was plenty of times where there's a lot of video out there that I would love to just delete and forget ever happened. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I one time as a college radio DJ judged a heavy metal battle of the band. I was not a heavy metal guy. <laughs> so I went there and I remember thinking like, this is a weird gig and they're paying me in beer. So that's fine. Like, that's really cool. But all these bands get up there and it's really not my cup of tea, but I realized halfway through as I'm writing like shitty things about these bands, which was really, really uncool and something I wish I could take back. But halfway through, I realized, wait a minute, like these guys are up here. They have this audience. There are people who have paid now to yeah. see these bands and they're rocking out. I'm like, why am I up on my high horse doing this? Like they are creating something where 95% of the people in the world will never create anything like that. Yep, and yep. so no matter who it is, you try and give them the benefit of the doubt. And even, you know, even if you start out sucking, like you are on the road to getting better just by virtue of being brave enough to stand up there and do it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm to me, that's really cool. You touched on something too, that comes up a lot in this show which is you have what you want to do, right? You want to play music. You want to play guitar. You want to sing your songs. You want to do all that. Yeah. But you start a band and there's a lot of tasks involved and there's a lot of like ditch digging involved in, in terms of the other stuff that goes into a band. Can you dig into that a little bit more for me and sort of what you learned along the way? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, um, yeah, it's been quite the journey. Like I said, you know, just aside from figuring out how to write music for a band and recruiting players is like, you know, that's obviously right. step number one. You can't have a band if you don't have the players, right? So we really struggled with that. You know, we had a buddy play bass with us for a while. Um, drummers. Oh my God. Every drummer already has five bands. Uh, yeah. And when you suck, which is how we started out as we discussed, <laughs> right? it's hard to convince somebody, Hey, do you want to come suck with us? Um, we'll get better. We promise. Uh, so we kind of had to, you know, we put up Craigslist ads and right. um, with shitty iPhone recordings of like me and Joe playing at open mics. <laughs> so you can hear, just hear all these people talking in the background <laughs> and like sort of hear these two guys like caterwauling on the mic, you know, doing right. this duet stuff. Stuff. And we post those to, to SoundCloud and, and, you know, try and get people to come drum for us. So why does it, every drummer have five bands? Cause there's fewer drummers. Yeah. They're in high demand. Our <laughs> drummer has other bands. Brian is in mountain strange, you know, he's, wow. yeah, it, so it's just the way it goes. It's really hard to find a consistent stick. So when you find one, you got to hang on to it and hope <laughs> that your project is the one that they like and they're, you know, they want to play in. So we, we finally lucked out and settled on a group of players, but that was, you know, that's one of the first big things outside of that. You know, I was, um, fairly new to Denver. So I had to figure out the scene and figure out who the people are that are booking. Right. Um, you have to get material together, you know? Um, so you can't just email somebody, Hey, I got a band. Trust me. We're good. <laughs> you know, you got to figure out how to record something. So yeah. I actually, uh, we self-recorded our, our first demo. Um, what, like using GarageBand or what? 
Yeah, actually, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. Cool. Uh, eventually, uh, laddered up to Logic, but nice. um, yeah. So the stuff that you find out on Spotify, iTunes, all of our stuff that's out there right now is all self-recorded. Taught okay. myself how to mix in Logic. Oh wow! Sort of. I mean, you know, you can you can hear that it's not professionally done, but you get the idea. You know, right? Um, so we had to do all that stuff just in order to prove to bars, venues, you know, that we can play, that we can do this. And right. it's kind of, you have to put that together sort of before you're a band, right? You know, it's kind, kind of this of, cart yeah. before the horse thing. And then, you know, it's a lot of relationship building. Uh, you, you don't get to book shows and play with other bands unless you go see a lot of music. So that part's fun, you know, yeah. to me, I love seeing lo- live local music, you know, to me, the smaller venues and stuff like that, intimate atmospheres. I love that stuff just as much as I love, you know, a show at Red Rocks, you know, I can sure. really get into that kind of stuff. So you go around, you network, you talk to people who does this booking, who does that booking. And, you know, um, we, you know, as I mentioned before, we, we put in the work of, Hey, yep, we'll play this Wednesday night. We'll play a Sunday night, you know, and, get a chance to sometimes you play to just the staff, the people slanging beers and stuff. But if you can impress them, you know, the word gets back and you eventually ladder up and, um, you know, we had to figure out how to, uh, make ourselves easy to book. So, you know, I would look at calendars for the venues we wanted to play and, I'd try and look for a bill that maybe had just two bands on it and say, Hey, we would go great with these two bands. If you're looking for somebody to open, you know, we've got, you know, we can drop people out. We're professional. We market our shows, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, I'd say the last year, year and a half or so, we've finally sort of hit that stride. You know, a, a few of the, the, the bookers and talent agents around town kind of know who we are at this point. And, you know, they know that we bring out a good audience and that we're professional and we market and, you know, we show up on time. We're <laughs> respectful, you know, to the staff there and all, all those things that, uh, you think that it's just, oh, you just show up and play music and it's, you know, it's, the the tough part is it 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 becomes so much more about the the sort of business aspects yeah and at this point now um you know now I'm trying to learn how to keep it about the music and stay dedicated to writing new music and right. <laughs> um, things outside of the you know just keeping the band running and afloat so yeah that's interesting it's it's almost like balancing the creative and the professional it's, yeah it, it, if you're boiling it down to its essence. And I mean, what you're describing, showing up on time and being polite and, you know, following through on the things that you say you're going to do, like none of that costs anything. And none of, none of that is terribly difficult in the abstract yet. So many people, not just in this industry, but in every industry have a hard time with sort of almost those intangibles. And it's frustrating to me when you, when you encounter people who are not professional in that way, the fact we talked about this a little bit before we were on mic, but the fact that you are a professional, like you have a successful day job career, right? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, do other members of your band, are they kind of similarly wired? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Everyone's got, uh, you know, the, the old nine to five. And, right. uh, so I don't think any of us are, are holding our breath or, you know, good night Freeman doesn't make it. I don't know. We're just going to be in the poor house or something, you know, I'm like be face down in an empty pool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, no, we're not, uh, of course, you know, anybody out there listening, yes, if uh, if anybody has a huge music contract and wants to pay us millions of dollars, of course, these day jobs could switch right over to music. Um, but and, uh, and, and get in your time machine because <laughs> that's, that's 2018. Right. That's right. Uh, A&R departments don't even, like, exist anymore. What? They don't? <laughs> yeah, all right. We're, we're done then. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what? You should get a hold of Jimmy Wang from that movie Airheads. 
Um, Perfect. Yeah, you know, there we go. We just need to play on a, a rooftop. You hold the hold yeah, the hostage. No, totally. Yeah. No, don't don't take over a radio station, especially in this day and age. What's that, a radio station? <laughs> I, I think we're in one right now. This is the 2018 version of a radio station. <laughs> it is. It is. But uh, having like having those chops, having those professional chops. It's funny to me because you're describing it in a way where those skills apply in a direction when you might not think that they would, you know, as a local band aspiring to get bigger. But oh, no, 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 but absolutely. they very much do. Well, I'm in, you know, advertising and communications, uh, so that right. uh, it's very directly ap- applicable on a much smaller scale. Yeah. Um, and I know, you know, I I think so, it, it's a benefit certainly sometimes, you know, just knowing some of those business things that, you know, having to understand what a venue is going through. And, yeah, of course, they need to bring people in and make money and you need to help them do that. Um, but, you know, also kind of applying my craft as well. I know when we're doing a bad job of marketing or advertising, I'm going, oh, my gosh, we're breaking, you know, such and such <laughs> principles and we need to have a brand voice and, you know, we need to keep it, you know, what's the social post? This is an on brand, you know, and, and things like that. So keep the brand fidelity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, but, I, I know all that too well, too. And it's so funny. I had um, I had recently I was talking to a balloon twister. And, uh, she, she told me she does social media, like for her day job. And she goes, uh, she's like, so like, I, I tend to not do social media in the way that I know how, and the way I'm paid to do professionally. I don't yeah. do it for my side hustle the way that I normally do. Cause I'm so yeah. exhausted by it. Yeah. No, I find that all the time. And I know when I'm cutting corners or slacking or what yeah. I should be doing. And <laughs> it's really easy to, you know, I think, um, uh, lately I've been getting better about it, but I think as we started to see more success and, you know, start to gain some traction, uh, I put a lot of pressure on, we need to do all this right. And it was really becoming very workmanlike for me. And it was right. becoming, you know, sort of like a job because knowing, you know, the different things that we need to do to be successful communicators, you know, it would stress me out and I would really find that I was spending so much time doing that, that it wasn't fun for me anymore. And right. this year's focus has been, you know, let's bring it back to the music. Let's bring it back to being fun. You know, music is meant to be, you know, we all have these nine to fives. Sure. But it's meant to be a release. This is how we get rid of stress, not yeah. add more for ourselves. So at this point it's, you know, we want to, we, we like to play with bands that we know, you know, bands here in town that, you know, we enjoy their music. We enjoy their company to me. As much of music is just as much about bringing people together for a good time. So, uh, when I'm trying to get people to come out to shows, uh, you know, it, it, it's not as much so that they can see my, our music, which is obviously a big important part, but an equal, equally fun part for me is bringing different friend groups from different walks of life together yeah. and like all in the same room. It's like just throwing a big party, you know? Totally. And sure, you get to be the center of attention for 45 minutes of that party, but the rest of the time is like, oh, hey, John's here. Have you met so-and-so? And have you met this person? You guys should meet. You know, you're both, you know, have similar interests or... Yeah. And that stuff to me is so much fun. Totally. You don't want it to become this bloodless sort of uh, extra trade that you that you have to toil in. Um, and I, I fall into the same trap sometimes with the podcast because, you know, booking shows is not always the easiest thing. I'm booking shows like from a different angle, getting schedules to line up and then, you know, sitting down and editing episodes and, you know, doing intros and writing blog posts. And you're going, God, what am I doing all this for? It's like, Oh, because I love talking to people and learning about them. Like, can we focus on that? Let's remember that's why we're here. And so, I think that's probably a fairly common trap for the side hustle. Anyone who has a side hustle, at some point, if you're doing it correctly, it will become more like a job. Yeah. And that's too weird. But before we 
turn this entire thing into what it's like as a job. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about the music. So, uh, I've listened to you guys. You guys have a really nice vibe, but I want to hear from you. How do you guys describe yourselves when you're talking to club owners or anyone who is not initiated to Goodnight Freeman? Sure, sure. Every musician absolutely hates the, uh, you know, what do you sound like questions. It's so, Difficult to answer sometimes, but uh, I, I like and that's to why say, I broached it the way that I did. <laughs> I've interviewed mus- musicians before. How do you describe yourselves? Yeah, you know, so uh, I always just kind of start. You know, we're two guitars, bass, drums, keys. Uh, we play with a lot of energy. Um, we're not progressive rock, but we like a lot of those elements. You know, a lot of dynamic changes, a lot of tempo changes. Um, I also play trumpet, harmonica, so wow. we like switching out instruments to keep it fun on stage. Um, that's uh it's all about bringing out the energy for us so uh we've got four different people on mic so there's lots of harmonies going on um there's a lot to look at when you're you know out there in the audience and we kind of draw that inspiration from that's the kind of bands that we like to see you know yeah. when when somebody puts down their guitar and like grabs a trombone from like the side <laughs> stage you're like oh my god what are they gonna do now What's like happening? that's so awesome so um, and then of course, you know, I've got a, a big Cheshire cat grin going the whole time and jumping around like an idiot. So, um, you know, I'd like to just say it's a high energy alt rock and, uh, you know, Joe and I really like to pride ourselves on our writing. Um, uh, we have kind of a, I think a, being brothers, you know, I, I can't say that we're a, uh, <laughs> we're anywhere close to a John and Paul, but, mm-hmm. you know, certainly like those aspects, they were both very different writers and, you know, one brought more of the musical polish and one brought more of the, um, you know, in the clouds, uh, off the wall, you know, very right. creative type style, right? So having two different writers, I think gives Goodnight Freeman the ability to sort of genre hop. We've got some stuff that's, you know, just straight, hard rock and roll and you know we can dip down into more of a folk rock you know we can get very bluesy at times um you know so it uh i think with you know five different players and however many seven eight nine different instrument options and two different writers you know we have a really eclectic style how long in general this is an impossible question to answer but how long does it take for a song to go from sort of i have an idea or i have a hook or i have you know, uh, a lyric to going from that to something that you're comfortable performing in public? Uh, well, it's, so it's, uh, of course, different for everybody. Um, for me, I used to write really quickly. Mm. An idea would strike, and probably that's just due to amount of time, but I would have an idea, you know, I would like to just play for, you know, two, three hours straight. Just kind of, I would run through songs I knew how to play, and then, you know, just kind of experiment a little bit. And then, yeah, you get like a little riff going or something like that or a line or a hook that you like and then just kind of riff on that. Um, so I used to be able to knock a song out and give me two hours and the song's fully done. And uh, that was when I was, you know, just a single player. With the band, you know, it's more, you have to see what sticks, you know. So we'll have a lot of riffs or hooks or starts of songs and we'll bring it to the guys and you just start playing it and you know sometimes something really clicks and you go wow all right that we're definitely keeping this or you know sometimes you know you you can have a song that um is fully written and you think is going to be great with the band and it just it it doesn't go well you know it's it's uh really a mixed bag we've had a lot of songs actually um you know we'll uh i like to just book shows and say Screw it, we'll figure it out. We booked a sh- we booked a, a show once where we had to play for uh, three hours, and we had probably at ninety minutes worth of material. Wow! So three hours. <laughs> it was three one hour sets. Okay, but, you know we didn't want to play the same set over and over and over. Well, again. Well, no, of so, course not. 
Um, you know, we went into, you know, we picked up some covers because it was more of like a festival atmosphere and, and we had some songs that were just fringe songs. You know, we had one, I remember it was like two rehearsals before the show and we went through it and I like, guess probably not going to be part of the show. Like, don't worry. But then it ended up, we rocked it so hard in practice. <laughs> we were like, Oh my God, this is actually. We a got really a, good song and we're going to play it at this festival. We and, got a thing here. Yeah. And it's going to, yeah, it's going to be, uh, on the new album coming out soon. So <laughs> it's, you know, it's, I know that's not a very direct answer to no. how long a song comes together, but you know, it's, there's not just one answer. It's not always the same for me. And I think right now I'm still, uh, like we were talking about earlier, you know, juggling the art and the business side of things. You know, I'm really trying to work on, uh, what is my new writing process now mm. and when do I fit that in and how do I keep this band moving forward with new material? And I know Joe, Joe feels the same. Yeah. You said you guys have been experiencing some success lately. Yeah. Um, how has that manifested? Like, so, I mean, you were playing open mics and stuff before and doing the Sunday nights you said, yep. um, what does it look like now? Man, it, 2017 was an amazing year for us. Uh, so it really started off. We played a great show at the, uh, at the Walnut room. It was a Saturday night, um, which was fun for us. You know, we didn't always get to play the good, like Friday, Saturday night gigs. And then, uh, as I had mentioned before, I was checking out Larimer Lounge's calendar. I love like Larimer Lounge, Lost Lake, those venues. Um, and I saw two bands that we knew, and it was on a Friday night. It looked like they had room for one more band. And we went, I contacted the, the, the booker and said, Hey, you got room for one more? Like, I think we would go great with those bands. And he, he contacted those bands and, you know, it was kind of a, you know, a little bit of a, a long shot. I was thinking at the time, yeah, you sure. know, it was a Friday night at a popular bar and that was kind of foreign for us. And sure enough, they're like, yeah, they like your sound, you know, you're in. So that was, you know, a great start. And then, um, we booked a, uh, you know, we played at the Denver County Fair, which was the, the three <laughs> hours worth of material. And that, you know, it went great. You know, it, it comes together. Um, and then we, uh, man, we had some great fortune. We were going to play, uh, we were headlining at Globe Hall. Wow. And uh, a couple of weeks before the show, they contacted us and said, you know, is there a chance we could move this to another night? Well, you know, we've got tickets out there sold. Like, what's going on? They said, well, we, we've got a major headliner coming through. And. Well, maybe you guys can be on the bill. Let's hang on, <laughs> check, you know. So this is all happening in one day. And he gets back to me and he's like, okay, um, yeah, would you guys want to open for the Rebirth Brass Band? <laughs> the Grammy award-winning Rebirth Brass Band, the famous 30-year-old Rebirth <laughs> Brass Band from New Orleans? Yeah, of course. <laughs> so we got to open for a Grammy award-winning band. Wow. Um, we, we had uh, Walker Lukens was touring out of Austin, Texas, playing at Lost Lake. Um, nice. so we got, uh, in a consideration for that. And again, we're like, well, who knows, you know, a lot of good bands were kind of put up for that. And, uh, I think, you know, Walker had to choose and, you know, whoever his people are. And we got chosen to open up for Walker, you know, a, a, an act that's touring nationally. So, totally. so that's what successes look like for us. And, you know, we we're coming up on playing in the spread the word music festival, uh, in nice. May. Uh, so that'll be our first like big festival. We're actually the opening band for the entire festival, five o'clock on Friday, the 11th. So, nice. um, yeah, that's, it's, you know, it, it's starting to come together for us. And I think that, um, part of the reason is, you know, the hard work on the, on the front end, but also, you know, as you mentioned, following through and doing the things that you're expected to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that, uh, we've gotten the reputation for, you know, we're avid marketers. Um, we know what, um, 
success looks like for the venues or events that we're playing for. And we do our best to make sure that, you know, that happens for them. So like you understand their business. Absolutely. And so it's, uh, I, I mean, to me, that's, that's invaluable having, I used to work for a PR agency and then I went in-house to corporate. And I remember when I was at the PR agency, I'm like, what are they doing? Like on the client side? Like, why does it take so long to get approvals and stuff? And then I went to the client side and I go, Oh, this is why. Yeah. And now I'm dicking around my consultants and they are, they're frustrated with me. And so if you can build empathy for everyone that you're working with, and if you can understand both sides of an equation, uh, you become invaluable that way. Empathy, I think, is one of the most important things anybody can learn and focus on. It's always been a huge focus of my <laughs> life. So, uh, yeah, it, it seeps through in business and I've run into that as well, where it's, you know, people are you know, in the office. Oh, what's going on with this client? Well, you know, why is it taking so long or what, what's going on? Why are they making this decision? Or, you know, right. man, they can't, you know, they should go with our recommendation and, just got to sit down and think about it. Like, well, you know, they're, they've got a whole different set of, you know, circumstances over there than we have here, you know, and you got to understand that they're also just a person trying to navigate their way through this world, you know, and figure things out. You know, there's no instructions that come with being a human. You're just like, I'm, I'm working my best over here. I'm trying to make my life happy and, you know, just kind of keep that in mind whenever you get frustrated with somebody or, you know, aren't understanding something is that it's just another human being out there trying to find their way. And yeah, I mean, I saw this quote one time that said, everyone is fighting a battle you know nothing about. So, yeah. just, so just be kind. Yeah. Um, and in terms of interacting with club owners, you are probably less than 1% of their entire universe. Yeah. You know, so understanding that and figuring out how can we fit in? How can we help you is hugely valuable. Yep. Absolutely. Um, the other thing that, that struck me too, is I grew up a huge pro wrestling fan and still am. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I read this interview with a guy named Devon Dudley, who is, uh, he's going into the WWE hall of fame this year. And in an interview that he gave, he said, whether we're at WrestleMania in front of 50,000 people, or we're in a high school gym in front of 30 people, it will probably be someone in that audience's first time ever seeing the Dudley boys. And I want them to have the same impression, no matter what kind of venue they're in and that we bust their ass, bust our ass for them. Yeah. And so, you know, playing for just the staff, you're like, there's someone out there. You got to build it just a brick at a time. Yep. So it's fascinating to me. So you said you're playing the spread the word festival. I don't know a lot about that. Tell me more about it. Sure, sure. Um, uh, spread the word music festival is going to be at the Fox street compound this year, which is this cool area. Um, sports, a lot of nonprofits and whatnot. Um, I went so. to the punk rock flea market there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're, uh, that was awesome. Oh man. We're looking forward to it. It's an awesome outdoor venue. We haven't, uh, no, I don't think we've played an outdoor venue yet. So nice. Very, very pumped for that. Um, a lot of great bands. Uh, Jeff Austin Band is the big headliner. They have an everyone orchestra with a lot of different members, um, coming together. Um, AMAC and the Height is going to be playing. So it's, you know, handfuls and handfuls and handfuls of, of bands. I don't even know where and when they're all going to be, but, um, <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're beyond pumped to be opening up this, uh, this festival and are so, so excited that our mom is even coming out oh, all gosh. the way from Michigan. She's going to be taking a train. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. That's evidently still a thing. Is she like John Madden in that she doesn't fly or, like... uh, no, she's retired and has always wanted to take a long train ride and like <laughs> see the country. So, you know, she's going to take a train all the way from Michigan and get to see, she's never got to see our band play live. So, 
Wow. Yeah. So two things about that. <laughs> First of all, I apologize for com- comparing your mom to John Madden. <laughs> uh, but secondly, that is one of the most charming things I think I've ever heard. Oh, it's going to be great. Um, that's, I mean, that sounds delightful. <laughs> um, okay. So you're doing this festival. It sounds like a great festival. It sounds like a cool lineup. It's a great venue. Um, fantasy booking time. If you could build a, like, I want to call it a card, but now I got pro wrestling on the, on the brain. Um, if you could build a bill in which Goodnight Freeman was a part, who would you want also playing on that bill? Oh my gosh. Probably have to do like a couple of different ones. That's cool. For, yeah. For me, for me, I, you know, I mentioned earlier, I, I love playing with our friends' bands. Like mm. we, you know, be, just being in the scene, um, you know, particularly through the open mic scene, you know, we know tons of musicians around Denver and there's so many good bands that we just love going to see anyways. Um, so, uh, you know, we've had the opportunity, you know, we, uh, just actually played a sold out show at the Walnut Room with Tyler Embry's Ghost Review, good, good friends of ours, um, Miguel Dakota and the Difference, um, you know, throw Lola Rising out there. We've played some shows with All Chiefs, love their sound. Um, float like a buffalo is uh, also a similar band with like lots of different instruments i think they're like a seven piece um that's a remarkable duck. name by the way <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's some great names out there um dayton stone in the undertones is another uh open micer um guy who's just got like a great voice and a great he's a great writer um optic nerd is a great hip-hop group mm-hmm. um uh so that's just there's so many like good local bands that so Aside from that, so let's put that aside because we can make that happen. We've played with a yeah. lot of those guys. So let's talk about ones that we wouldn't be able to play with. Um, we love Local Natives, uh, mm-hmm. great indie band, driving sound, great drum beats. Um, who else would we put out there? Um, if we want to like go historical, oh, man, uh, I saw the Who play this <laughs> last fall in San Francisco wow. at Outside Lands in like this classic san francisco mist that was coming down and the lights and the who out there playing so like you know we could have opened for them we, i could i could totally have seen that yeah there's just there's there's so many out there I, and that's the the nice part about having a um an eclectic sound like i think we could fit with more on the folk side like i think we could play with like um Oh gosh, Lord Huron is another great band, mm. more in like the indie, like folk rock type thing. We saw them uh, at Red Rocks last year. Man, I would love to play with Hippocampus, you know, mm. these young guys, like 21, 22 years old, just on top of the world right now with this great, you know, they've got great melodies and like nice hooks and like lyrics and man, the kids love them. Like I, yeah. I, I've seen them probably three times in the last two years. And I'm probably, unless somebody's dad is like, you know, bringing their kids there, I'm definitely like the oldest guy in the crowd, but, um, they've got an amazing sound and we'd love to play with them. But, um, yeah, I don't know. There's too many to list, man. It's just music is so fun and just the camaraderie of being, being on a bill, let alone, you know, just getting to play music. Totally. Uh, is what it's all about for me. I, I, I remember I interviewed, uh, Yellow Card this, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I've you, seen them. Yeah. I saw them in college, I think. And, uh, they were playing with uh, No Use for a Name and Slick Shoes and I think, um, I want to say the Eyeliners. But uh, I remember it was my first time backstage at the Ogden. And I'd been to so many shows at the Ogden, like bands that I grew up adoring and loving. And like I love the clubs around Denver, like Ogden, Bluebird, Gothic, Larimer Lounge, you, you mentioned, um, you know, the Marquee. Yep. Um, yep. So I, I grew up going to all sorts of club shows, but I remember... 
you picture backstage as being this whole like glamorous thing and backstage <laughs> at the Ogden, there's like a staircase that immediately goes like straight up. And then there's this tiny lounge and then there's the headliner lounge that's up there. And the whole thing is maybe what, like I, 150 square feet, something like that. And you're like, what <laughs> yeah. the hell? Like, this is crazy. Um, and it, it was useful for me because I'm like, okay, this is, this is the reality we're dealing in. Like, these are just dudes. Yeah. Like, and so it was, uh, it was really, really fun. Since you all have day jobs and considering the, the music industry is in a challenged place, I would say there may not have ever been a better time for live music than there is right now because the options are so great. But for someone in that business, it's very competitive. It's very tough. How do you see, like, what would success look like for Goodnight Freeman for you guys? Like, what do you have an end game in mind? Do you have like a place you'd like to get? And then you go, this is like, I feel good with where we are. Uh, yeah. Well, when we started out, you know, Joe and I always said, uh, you know, of course, as I mentioned before, if something crazy happens and, you know, some, you want to play Madison Square Gardens, like, come on, like, we'd we'd do that. Yeah. You you guys catch fire, obviously. When we started out, we said it would be great to be a really popular Denver band that, you know, could tour somewhat regionally every once in a while. But we would love to be, you know, the go-to band for the big acts that are coming through town. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, on, on the more business side of things, you know, I think we've got a lot of very marketable music. Um, so, you know, pursuing licensing opportunities, you know, play in movies or, um, commercial play, things of that nature are, you know, very interesting to us. Um, so yeah, success for Goodnight Freeman right now looks like being the go-to band for any touring, touring act coming through town. And, uh, oh yeah, did you hear, uh, Goodnight Freeman on what, whatever TV show that was or, yeah. or something like that. So that, that I think is as far as I'll let ourselves dream for right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's one of those things where it's like, and, and this is always great. Like if you set a goal for yourself and then you achieve it, you're like, oh, okay. Well now what? Uh, I got to set another goal. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, that's the fun part about creating things. Like if you work hard, like you can achieve these goals. Yeah. But once you get there, it's like, oh man, I got to set new goals. Well, they seemed so lofty when we started out. Yeah, and, totally. You know, we were just having trouble finding a consistent drummer or <laughs> right. you know, we had to switch out bassists at one point. And God, you know, first of all, shout out to the whole band here. Really, they're, they're not here. So Joe, of course, we mentioned, we've yeah. got Chris on the keys. Um, Jason was actually the first, uh, the oldest member other than, than Joe and I, he's, uh, plays bass man. And he's just a, a model of music, you know, rocking it out. He's got, got the kids, uh, almost both in college, one in college, one still finishing up high school, wanted to get back in the music scene, just man, six skills. He, um, actually he's, uh, playing in a, um, production, a, a theater production oh, called cool. magic moments, um, this weekend. So if anybody's into the theater, I think they start tonight, uh, tonight, Friday, Saturday, and there's a Sunday matinee. So he's playing in the pit for that. You know, nice. he just loves music. Brought in um, somebody that he had collaborated with before, Brian, um, to play drums. And then we uh, added the keys uh, <laughs> last year. Um, Chris came in, answered a Craigslist ad, and, and rocked his, uh, well, I can't really say audition. You know, you have a little jam out or whatever. Right, right. But, so that's kind of how we uh, we all came together. But um I lost my train of thought. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember. Oh yeah, setting incremental goals. Oh yeah, yeah. So it seemed like so far away because we were having trouble just you know finding even just players to to you're, put you're, together. You're having a hard band. time to even like be a band. Our first band, uh, our first show was Goodnight Freeman. A friend of mine, Mark Smith, get, called me up. He's like, "Hey, I booked this show at the Bannock. It's like in a 
Bannock Street Garage. It's in a month. Do you want to play? I went, um, well, at the time, it was just me and Joe and our buddy JB playing, uh, playing the bass. We didn't have a drummer at all. I went, yeah, we'll figure it out. So we had a lot of rehearsals, a lot of, uh, you know, okay, I you know, bought like one of those uh, foot tambourines and, you know, <laughs> figured out like how much sound can we make with three people. And a couple of days before the show, you know, uh, one of our friends, Aaron Doxy, who was actually drumming for Mark, um, said that he would sit in with us. So nice. our first show, you know, it was just all of those goals seemed so far away because it was just, okay, you know. We just need to put, not embarrass ourselves for this first show. Or, you know, can we find some consistent players so that we're not just teaching them the old material, but, you know, we're starting to grow as a band. Then all, it didn't happen all of a sudden, but, you know, I, I sit here now and I'm going, well, you know, now we are opening up for bands that are traveling through town and, you know, we do get to play some festivals and, you know, nothing's happened yet on the licensing front. Our studio album is going to be coming out in the next month or two here. Nice. Um, so that'll really, you know, be the first time we'll actually have that available to us. But, um, you know, those goals that seemed so far away now are suddenly very close and we're sort of in the midst of them and it's, yeah, now it's going, okay, this is, n- yes, yeah, so not now what, but, Wow, this is accomplishable, and all this hard work is paying off. So yeah, that's awesome, man. And I'll tell you, listening to you tell this, it's one of those things where having built a number of things, like my company, my podcast, like Mile High One Hundred, you do all these things, and if you have never tried it, it seems intimidating until you just start putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah, and then eventually you get enough steps, you look behind you and you go, wow, we've come a long way. Yeah. And so like, that's exactly sort of why I do this show. So that was enormously illuminating because everyone, I think at some point has at least come up with their band name, (laughs) right? Even if you can't play music, which I can't, I can't play anything. What's your band name? Um, I I don't have it off the top of my head, (laughs) but I know I have had it. It's, it's one of those things where you go like, it is possible. Like you just, you just got to start doing it. And the more you can sort of be professional about it and the more you can do things with intent and care, the better off you're going to be. So absolutely. Now we're uh, at the point in the show where we do plugs. So Chad, give us a plug for Goodnight Freeman. Where can we find you on the web? (laughs) Plug any gigs. Where can we find the album when it's available? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So we're mixing the album right now. It's going to be called Yugen. Um, Yugen is actually a uh, Japanese Buddhism term. Um, and has no direct translation in English. Mm. We learned it from Alan Watts, actually. Okay. It's been an influence of ours. Um, it's kind of a deep awareness of the universe and, and accepting of change. So we, we write about change a lot. So um, we don't have a target date set at this point, um, but we will have it out before the Spread the Word Music Festival. So if we're plugging gigs here, um, that's going to be our next one. We play May 11th at 5 p.m., it's a three-day festival. You can buy a full weekend pass or you can buy a one-day pass and just come Friday and check us out. We have pre-sales. You can find us anywhere. We're on Spotify, iTunes. That's our self-recorded album. So be gentle when listening. You'll get the idea. But um, production-wise, it's maybe not the best, and that's okay. Um, so if you can uh, follow us on any of those, um, that's always greatly appreciated, um, and especially if you follow us on you know, Spotify or uh, any of the streaming platforms, you'll get a notification when the album does come out. So that will be very helpful. You can find us at goodnightfreeman.com. We have a newsletter. 
sign up. We'll maybe send you like a handful of things in the course of a year. You know, we're a band and like you said, we're, <laughs> we're not always the best at practicing our profession. Right. So, um, but you will at least hear about when the album comes out or any upcoming gigs. I'm trying to think of what else we have going on right now. And I think that's about it. Festival, awesome. new album. Follow us everywhere. You know, say hi on Facebook. We're friendly. Like I said, we just like meeting people. And if you're a different band, you know, that thinks your sound would go great with us, you know, reach out to us. Um, you know, if you just want to say hi, it's, a, it's all about meeting people and community. And, you know, been in Denver four and a half, five years now. And, you know, still just, um, you know, making this home. And uh, the more people we meet and that have similar interests and, you know, the more like home it feels. So, yeah, say hi. Awesome, man. Well, I will link to all of that on the companion blog piece. Go to johnofalltrades.us for uh, this episode, for every episode we've done, and you'll find links to everything that Chad just said uh, when you're in the web space. So J-O-N of alltrades.us. Chad, this was an enormous pleasure, and uh, I know I'm going to see you around. <laughs> but <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I'll see you at the water cooler. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but until then, uh, continued success to you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. I don't know if Goodnight Freeman plays encores, but we do not play them here on the John of All Trades podcast. Episode 171 has come to an end. With Chad Hattersbeck, one of the co-leads of Goodnight Freeman, check them out April 11th. That is today if you're downloading this episode when it goes live at the Larimer Lounge opening for sure, sure. Should be a great show. You can also check out all of their links on the companion blog piece, J-O-N of alltrades.us. Let's pay some love to our sponsor. Four degrees, number four, D-E-G-R-E-S. If you need solutions on the web, whether you're building a website, launching a social media advertising campaign, or just trying to reach people with the message that you have, contact Four Degrees. They can build you a campaign, they can optimize your website, and they can put your message in front of the people who need to see it most. Number four, D-E-G-R-E-S. Tell them John X sent you. John of All Trades podcast is a production of Deft Communications. Deft is also on the web, D-E-F-T-C-O-M U-S. Recently celebrated its three-year anniversary. Get in touch with us, D-E-F-T-C-O-M U-S. Back here next week with a brand new episode. We're going to shift gears once again, but that's why they call me John of All Trades. You can go from a congressional candidate to a local band to... Oh, he's coming up next week. You'll have to tune into Facebook. That's the only place to get exclusive episodes for you. J-O-A-T pod is the handle. New episodes drop on Wednesday. So until I hear you back here again, say goodnight. That's good, Johnny. The John of All Trades podcast is a part of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we, we speak. speak.